exciting episode of the Eye on Healthcare podcast. I am your host, Corey Chapman. Happy to have my co-host here with me again, John Bartolovich. Good day, John. Good day. Happy to be here. I'm happy to have you back on the East Coast. For those who don't know, we're East Coasters. John recently returned from Kualapalooza 2022. And at first glance, I thought it was a music festival, and it's not Lollapalooza. It is Kualapalooza. I see what you did there. Um, and so we're going to take a deep dive into those sessions that this year were hosted in fabulous Las Vegas. Is that correct? Yes, and very hot Las Vegas. Hot Vegas. Did you lose any money on the craps tables? I lost a bit, but uh, happy to say I didn't spend too much time at the crafts tables because I was too busy with quality initiatives. Ah, so what you lost at the tables, you made up in these sessions. Okay, great. So first question, what the heck is Kualapalooza? <laughs> Kualapalooza is put on by Rise, um, which does uh, a lot of management, healthcare management conferences. Um and it is a team-centric conference focused on quality of care and improving uh, member experiences within care. So it's really a, a forum where you have quality leaders, both from vendors, payers, providers, uh, sharing focused and detailed discussions uh, on strategies and best practices on how to improve star ratings, HEDA scores, uh, CAPS scores and uh, health outcome survey scores. So uh, short period of time, but a lot of information delivered in that in that short period of time. And as I we we talked offline, it's a, you know when you're focused on that specifically as a payer or a provider, um, and you have breakout sessions, ten breakout sessions a day. Um, you can pick that stuff up very, very quickly. But when you're somebody like me that's a jack of all trades, you get you get some information and then you have to come back and do a little more research. Okay, yeah. So tell me, in these three-plus days of meetings uh, and breakouts and, and these different sessions, what are some of the highlights that, that stood up to you? Probably for me, as I said, there were – over the course of two, uh, two, three days, there were 30 some, um, presentations. But the, the keynote to start things off was with, uh, a joint presentation from a doctor, uh, employed by CMS and, uh, then a representative from NCQA. And really the focus that, that they were driving is, you know, Health equity and advancing health equity is going to be a key for both organizations moving forward. Okay, so um, I'm, I'm going to uh, – the question of the day, I guess, and, and this is for our listeners, of course, not me. Um, what is health equity? It's for me, too. There's, uh, there's a lot of different – I shouldn't say a lot. There's several different definitions out there. 
Uh, we'll, we'll use two today. Uh, the first one comes from CMS and CMS defines health equity as the attainment of the highest level of health for all people where everyone has a fair and just opportunity to attain their optimal health. Not done yet, <laughs> regardless of race, ethnicity, disability, sexual orientation, gender identity, socioeconomic status, geography, preferred language, well, preferred language, and other factors that affect access to care and health outcomes. That's a lot of words. Um, Probably I prefer, and while it may not be a true definition, NCQA breaks it out into three bullets, and they say quality care is equitable care. No quality, no equity. And that they are are really looking to build health equity into all of their programs moving forward. Now, it's important, one thing that, that is important to note, and that is health equity and social determinants of health, they're really two different things. Social determinants of health, or now one of the big terms is drivers of health, uh, pretty much the same thing. They pretty much fall under health equity. So let, let's uh, take a step back and to show where NCQA and CMS are going. In September of 2021, NCQA uh, launched a health equity accreditation program, which was focused for payers uh, as as well as providers, uh, focusing on building an internal culture that supports the organiz- organization's external efforts um, when it can- comes to health equity. They subsequently from there then added another program called Health Equity Acc- Accreditation Plus, And that's for those organizations that are a little further down the road in their health equity journey. And they are focusing on collecting community social risk factors as well as patient social needs. So taking a little bit, a little bit further, uh, to help, um, bring this, uh, to fruition. And in essence, what these are, they're just, they're providing actionable frameworks, uh, that'll help system, healthcare systems continually improve and, and priority, prioritize health equity for the patients and the communities in which they serve. That is a lot. And I can understand why there's multiple ways of describing that. So. <laughs> yes. Well, the other important thing to note here uh, already, I mean, you know, we started, we've had health equity for a while, but NCQA put these accreditation programs into effect last year. And we've already had nine states mandate health equity accreditation programs. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, including California, Wisconsin, South Carolina, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, to name a few, Tennessee, Mississippi. Yeah. Um, so, pretty much giving them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's, you know, they're really, the states are getting behind this and the importance of, of health equity. So you see those nine states take that lead. Are they, you know, we we see a lot of um, early adoption, uh, not issues, but challenges when it comes to uh, starting a new service, right? Maybe you, and I, I'll, I'll circle this back. I'll bring this together here. So we, if we talk to an account about doing DR screening at point of care, 
and they've never seen it before. They've never heard of it, even though it's been around forever. Maybe they're a little standoffish. But if we then say, oh, yeah, we've got uh, five offices uh, within 10 miles of you that are doing it, it's become the, oh, okay, yeah, no, 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 there's a competition. Now it's like, oh, they're doing it? I want to do it. So I guess what I'm asking is these nine states, is that something that we should anticipate a a, a quick expansion into other the other uh, 41 because these nine have taken that lead? It, it it again. This is strictly my opinion. Yep. Um, I, I would say yes, okay. uh, because what you're finding is that you know these barriers to care, these things that are preventing uh, equal access, if you will, um, they're huge drains on the healthcare system. Uh, I read somewhere that uh, ninety two billion dollars was medical waste associated with health uh dispar- healthcare disparities and 43 billion dollars was in lost productivity so this has a, a huge effect not only on the economy in general but the healthcare system specifically right okay yeah that makes sense and and obviously we'll kind of keep an eye on how those states adopt uh these type of programs so yeah and, and you know taking it a step further it it gets into you know what are some of the things we can do to help address this and one of the things you're, we're starting to see and again driven by ncqa is stratifying uh HEDIS measures based upon race and uh racial and ethnicity uh factors okay and and there do you have an example of some of those i mean where what falls into that yeah so currently the measures that are stratified stratified um by race and, and ethnicity are colorectal cancer screenings controlling high blood pressure interesting one hba1c control oh okay. uh, prenatal and postpartum care and child slash adolescent well care visits. And the reason we're seeing these stratified are because it's the ability of a patient, World Health Care Organization, World Health Organization says the ability of patients to follow treatment plans is frequently compromised by one or more barrier, usually related to different aspects of the problem, i.e. social determinants of health as a, as a factor. Okay, so question for you then, um, and this is in your opinion, in your research and in trending, I see there's a, a little nibble of diabetes patient care there. You know what I'm going to ask. It, where do you, do you see in your personal opinion that future stratification may include the diabetes eye exam? Because as we know, it typically is a very, very hard measure to close based on referrals and based on, again, social determinants of health. So in your professional opinion, with no, uh, obviously, uh, information or background on that specifically, do you think this is something that may be coming soon or, or down the road? Uh, I will say two things. Down the road with certainty, only because every year now moving forward, NCQA, one of the heat, five of the heatest measures are going to be stratified. Gotcha. Okay. So we've got five now. 
Next year, it's going to be a minimum of five. It could be more. But if they're saying every year from now on, a minimum of five HEDIS measures will be added to the stratification list. So it's eventually definitely going to be added. Okay. In my personal opinion, I would not be surprised to see it stratified within the next year or two. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it seems to be trending that way. It seems to be kind of bubbling to the surface, uh, the importance of getting that done. So, okay. Right. And, and, and the key here, Corey, is it really comes down to um, when you were stratifying these measures, it's giving better transparency into health plan performance, and it's allowing the quality advocates to really focus on two things. And those are where disparities exist, that's where the care gaps can be addressed. And if no disparities exist, then we want to go out in the industry and learn from those top performers to see why there are no disparities and what we can do to address that. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. So uh, last question, did Qualapalooza have any bands? <laughs> uh, no bands. I, I really wish I could have come home with a nice tie-dye concert yeah. T-shirt, but uh, maybe next year Qualapalooza will say, hey, we should sell concert gear. That would be great. No, so no Hedis five uh, band titles or or you know the quality t- the the quality boys or anything like that. Huh? <laughs> Nothing like that. Nothing like that. Would have been fun. <laughs> so, all right. Well, appreciate the recap, John, on Qualapalooza twenty twenty two. Fantastic episode uh, and recap. For those who have more questions about it, feel free to reach out to us directly. Um, or uh, our contact information will be in the bio. If not, if you haven't already subscribed to the Ion Healthcare podcast, correct that. We are subscribable in all your favorite podcatchers, including uh, Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and, uh, you know, Amazon. You know, we're everywhere, John. We're everywhere. And, of course, provide us uh, feedback on uh, the quality of these shows. We'd love to hear from you on LinkedIn and, again, direct uh, via email. So for John Bartolovich, I'm Corey Chapman. It's been another episode of the Ion Healthcare Podcast. Thanks, everybody.